wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. How goes it, Brad? Um, it goes wonderful. How goes it with you? It's pretty good. I um just enjoying a a Bentwater IPA here. Uh, excellent. I am enjoying a uh, nice, tall, refreshing glass of boiling hot coffee. Oh, it's good. Yep, it's been one of those days. Needed, uh, needed a little pick-me-up to record this episode, even though I'm three hours behind you and it's much earlier here. Yeah, just I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Right, which that I'm sure that drink will help. Yeah. So I, I do, I, I am excited because I hear that, uh, not to disappoint everybody and go right off the bat with the weather, but I hear the weather's been improving out there, and that <laughs> means that you have done some uh, projects while the weather has been uh devolving here so i was really trying to avoid I haven't it. done this many you brought it up so here we are i no, i've been planning on like all day long i've been like i'm gonna bring up the weather right away because it's important this week as i apparently think it's important every week because we always talk about it it was okay. like 85 degrees here today oh that's hot actually <laughs> it was really hot i yeah, walked out at lunch with, like because went into work i was wearing my like light kind of coat I walked out at lunch. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's warm. I had to walk down to the post office. I was sweating. So we hit we hit 98 here a couple days ago, but it's back down to like the high today was like 77. So it's actually nicer here. Strange. Yeah, it'll be cooler over the weekend. But yeah, uh, it anyway, was warm. The good news is that means it's car season there. It is now. Um, actually, it was kind of still kind of cold last week. And when I did stuff, um, I, I didn't do much, but. I uncovered the Montero and excellent drove it around. It's fine. Beautiful. It seems like it's the easiest project car update ever. I, well, I talked about the, um, Shinetsu grease. I think you did. And I put it on the, all the door seals, of that truck. It's interesting. It's still like sitting on the surface. Like it didn't totally soak in. But, you know, when you go to open the door after car sits and sometimes the door seals stick like they do not. Excellent. And I didn't feel any air leaks as I was driving it. So maybe it plumped them up a little. I think so. I'll have to pick some up. And it was parked with the cover on it. So I didn't have any water in the truck, which was good. That is always a bonus, especially after a long winter. Oh, there wasn't a lot of snow cover this year, right? Not a lot of snow sitting on the car. A lot of rain. 
Yeah, but I think what's worse in the winter there is he's doing the snows that's on the cover. That's when it kind of like works its way through into the car. Covers I have are waterproof. Oh, la da Yeah. Mr. Fancy Andrew over there. Didn't realize that. So they are. Well, plus I don't let, I clean the snow off when it does snow because you don't want it to freeze yeah, and thaw. Course. And then it rains on the snow and it gets super heavy. But anyway, uh, actually I had to throw that cover away because that cover ripped and only lasted two years. We're, we're talking about this. Yeah, well, covers last six months here, so two years is good. Um, I'll take it. I threw an air filter in it. Like in the back or where it belongs? Oh, yeah, just throw it in, yeah, threw it in the back. Uh, it was weird because I don't even know why I talked about this. Like, I, I realized I needed one last fall, so I was like, one in Rock Auto, and they didn't have the Denzos in stock for some reason. I was like, that's annoying. So then I looked up the number and Summit had them. I was like, I'll just order these. I ordered like two. It was like ships from supplier. And then I totally forgot about it. And then like a month and a half ago, I was like, where are those air filters I ordered? And I looked them up, still on back order with Summit. I was like, that's so weird. That's strange. So I went back on Rock Auto. They had them back in stock. I was like, all right, I'll just order two. Keep one on the shelf canceled the summit order super weird yeah it's strange speaking of rock auto before i get too deep into it so i'm working again i think i mentioned before that i had been laid off before um and i'm working in an automotive space yeah i'm working in thank you i'm working in an automotive space um i'm still looking for anybody who knows anything because uh, I'm not thrilled where I am. So we'll just say it's at a a body shop facility at a car dealership, which is pretty much was my last choice, but it was also what came up. So um, I was working there yesterday and I overheard a conversation between two other employees of said body shop about a blower motor. And they were looking in the crash catalog for the part for the blower motor. And I was like, what year is this car for? And like, it's a 2000 Toyota Echo. And I was like, okay, why don't you just buy it on Rock Auto? And neither of them had ever heard of it. Really? It doesn't make any sense in a automotive space to have never heard of Rock Auto. So they were all upset because the part was like $294 from Toyota. And I was like, no. I was like, I guarantee it'll be significantly cheaper at Rock Auto. Yeah. Uh, it was $17. <laughs> this so, podcast is not brought to you by Rock Auto, by the way. Uh, just... Yeah, it should it should be if they're listening, which they're not. But if they were, they should sponsor us because I do give them a lot of business. But no, I, I was like, I don't, I don't understand why anybody would be looking up OEM parts for a 2000 Toyota Yaris. Like... Toyota probably doesn't even service that part anymore. <laughs> but there were, op- there were options upon options on Rock Auto, and one was $17. And they put it through. I was like, wait, I think I have a discount code. So hold on a second. And I got another 5% off of that. So, so I wonder. I'm the hero now. But I mean, I don't know. If you don't watch like automotive TV, that's the only time I've seen the ads is like automotive TV. But I knew what it was before there was ever an ad on TV for it. It's just one of those things that you just you work in industry. And do you know, neither of these people are new to the industry like this year. They've both been in industry for a long time. So it was just odd 
to me that they didn't know Rock Auto existed. Or any other options. Like, why were you going OEM? I mean, it's probably 60 bucks at O'Reilly's. Like, yeah. why? It just seemed odd to me. I'm, there's a lot of... There's a, there's a general lack of knowledge um, learning is part of the reason that I'm uh, also probably still looking for work. <laughs> it's slightly frustrating. But that was just one of the examples that I was like, oh, okay, this is... This is interesting. You don't understand how to, whatever. Anyway, who am I to judge? Not everybody has the same experience, right? So who knows? Yeah. I guess I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying I was surprised. Well, anyway, carry on with your projects, Andrew. Now that I've... I mean, I got to line up and get all the snow tires off everything. So I got to try to figure that out this weekend. Because uh, it's going to cool off and I don't want to do it when it's super hot tomorrow. Right. And well, tomorrow's Friday. The weekend's the weekend. So I uncovered the G20 and I put the front strut tower on that I ordered from Japan and it fit. So I was like, all right, cool. Excellent. Always a bonus. I noticed you were doing some other stuff to that car. Maybe just cleaning it, wiping it down. I thought you did something else under the hood of that car while you were in there. Maybe not. I vacuumed out the remainder of the chipmunk nest that. Even though I had like three dryer sheets stuffed in there, they do not care. They're like, oh, they gave us a cozy, yeah, Yeah, a little bit less. They gave us, you gave us a cozy blanket. Thank you. That's that smells nice. Springtime fresh blanket. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they didn't ruin anything, so that's good. Yeah, there was less, uh, uh, like helicopter things. One of those maple copters. I don't know what you call them. Um, seed pods. Like yeah, pods. the things that you drop them and they'll spin. Yeah, call them yeah. helicopters. Uh, there was less of those, but then I was under the hood of the Galant and inside the garage, and there was one on top of the battery, just one. And I was like, "Cool." And then just one errant helicopter. Yeah, but then I had I had a picture of it. The cat, I left the cat in the garage with me. And she was going crazy running around the garage. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe there's a rodent in there. So she probably could smell it. Yeah. Knew it was there somewhere. She was all over everything. <laughs> yeah. S- scared the crap out of me because I'm under the hood. I thought the hood was going to fall. I look, she's crawled up the hood. Yeah. I'm like, cool, thanks. Well, we have a we have a uh, bad history with white Mitsubishi's and gray cats here at the Auto Off Topic podcast. So thankfully, the cat didn't scare you enough while the car was running and your foot was in the clutch to drive it into a wall. <laughs> so at least you had that going for you. No, but I was like bent over in the engine compartment. She's like crawling underneath me. <laughs> like, go away. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you let her in a new place for the first time. That's that's going to happen. So you just need a little wrenching help. It's fine. She knew she, knew what she was doing. Yeah. Well, so what was the uh, purpose of being in the garage for that car, Andrew? I had to fix the connector on the coolant temp sensor. It was just spade connectors. It was kind of loose. And I found uh, a while back, a company was selling the pigtail with the right connector on it. So I was swapping the, I was fixing, I was cutting off those spade connectors and connecting the pigtail uh, connector with the right connector to it. Right. And you use the new uh, solder inside drink wrap connectors, right? Yeah. Those work pretty good. 
Yeah, I've I had the same thought. I've had good luck with them, and I've heard people say they haven't had good luck with them. What did you use? So what we're talking about um, is you have a brand that like like Spooby or something like that. Oh, I don't know what brand it is. It's whatever Amazon sold me. Yeah, it's something like Spooby or something. It's a weird name. S P O O B Y. When you look them up, there's five different things showing the same case with a different label on it. I'm all all the same. I'm sure. Yeah. So now, what did you use to you use the? Okay, that's what I use too. I just I, people have been saying that they have a hard time melting the solder and not destroying the connector, and I haven't had that experience at all. Yeah, so I don't know. I've I've enjoyed them. Used them several they're times. They're like a mess. Yeah, they're like a mess-free way of doing wire connecting. Like, there's no crimping. There's no. You almost. I feel like you can't make a mistake while using them. Well, it's all contained. You have to be careful because the two wires do need to stay in the middle. And sometimes when you're, uh, like you bump the wire as you're grabbing the heat gun, and now the two wires are separated, I almost okay. shrunk it like that. Like I started, and then yeah. realized that the wires were not touching. Yeah, I can see that as a, a problem, but I haven't had that problem either. So, well, watch out for that problem because you might do it. I yeah, I will. I was just curious what you used that you had good luck with because I I used a heat gun and I didn't have any issues and. Like I said, I've, I've heard others have had issues. Maybe they're using too much heat. Maybe they have like an open flame or something. I don't know. I kind of melt. I get one side. I'm on one side of it in the center. It's kind of melting. And then I quickly move to the other side and then it's melting and you can see the solder flow out and that's I just stop. Yeah, it's almost like welding a panel. You wouldn't want to go right across. You want to go left to right to left to right to meet in the center. So you have a nice cool. Well, it's not cool weld unlike soldering with a soldering iron where once it heats up and the solder wicks into the wire, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I still, when I use those, I still cover them with a heat shrink afterwards. Did you or not? Uh, I didn't. I cover them up with uh, conduit. Okay. Conduit's probably fine too. So yeah, you can use heat shrink because I'm always worried that I am going to melt through the plastic and then it'll be open, but I think they'll be okay. Yeah. No, I usually use the the heat shrink just to... I think it makes like a finished look. It looks like somebody who knew what they were doing did it and not me. So. Plus, if I do make a mistake, you can't see it behind there. So, be looking for it forever. Well, you can see I, it was actually where I had already patched. I had taken... For some reason, that connector was missing when I got the car. And I had another harness and I had cut it off. And... Uh, I used at the time was uninsulated, crimped them, soldered them, heat shrunk them. But over time, that original connector that was on there had failed and I had replaced it with spade connectors because I couldn't find another connector. And then I finally found the right connector that goes on there because it locks in place. And I think it's part of my overheating issue is that it's coming loose and not giving a good connection. Okay. Because I was playing with it with the data logger before I put the car away. And all of a sudden it read the correct temp. So I hope that helps. Because it's still very annoying. Because I would like to drive that car more. But it's annoying when the idle is super high because it thinks it's really hot. Right. Oh, it's also a good car. You know, now that Marco is three, that's a good, like, family event car. Yeah, he hasn't ridden it yet because the car has been annoying me. Right. But that would be a good family event car to take him out in. And 
not just use the truck. Yeah. They spread more space than in the G20. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe it won't be once he rides in the Galat. Who knows? (laughs) So anyway, I mean, that's really all I've done. I haven't touched much of anything else. I get... I got to do a bunch of fluid changes on things. It's springtime all of a sudden, so. Yeah, I haven't done anything either. Um, we had a big project here with the stone wall that surrounds the house. You know, people who are not familiar with Phoenix, most of the neighborhoods are just your entire property line is outlined with a, a stone wall, usually six or eight feet high. And we had a, actually, I should, I, we had somebody, we paid somebody to do the first portion because it was beyond our, probably not our skill, but beyond our desire. So we had a wall that was the, it was, so it was the back wall of our house and it left like an alley in between our yard and the neighbor's yard that you could only access from the front yard. And it was kind of like a wasted space because at the end of the alley on the sidewalk, there was a fire hydrant. So I couldn't like cut a gate in and park a car there. So we actually moved the wall from the back of the house to the front of the house. So the alley is accessible now from the backyard. So now we have like a, I think it's like a 30 by 11, like alley next to the house that we're going to buy a new shed to put in so that when I build my garage in the back, it's going to go where our current falling apart shed is. I'll have a nice new shed next to the house. so I can put all the stuff that I don't want in a garage in a shed and have it not be in the way. So it just, it just made sense to take a non-usable space and make it usable for us. But that's been the project around here. There hasn't been any car projects. Uh, I did get to play with a new tool doing that though. Uh, Andrew, have you ever painted anything with a Wagner power painter? No. I mean, it's a paint gun, isn't it? Yeah. It's super cool. You should buy one for doing paint things because it was takes 10 seconds to paint something. It's not hard at all. It was literally enjoyable. I hate painting. I hate painting walls. I hate doing any of that stuff. But it was like spray painting a model car. It worked so well. And it covers so evenly and so quickly. And I I just want to go paint a bunch of things now. Like I'm ready for a career change. I'm ready to be a house painter and just only use a Wagner Power Painter. Because it was super fun. So highly recommended. But we had to paint the wall to match the old wall. Because there's some new... Some sections of new wall had to be put in, so it was uh, it's quite enjoyable, the Wagner Power Painter. I'm not 100% clear on how it works, because there's no like super loud compressor, but it works, so I, uh, I can't wait to go paint something else with it. I'm ready to paint a car with it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> not sure how that would work, but it's, it's, worth, it's, worth, it's, worth, it's worth a shot, so I would... Uh, I think people do plastic dip with it. Do they? Yeah, because it's plastic dip is like thick, like house paint. So yeah, I guess it would probably work. I mean, it lays out a pretty even coat, and it doesn't like glob at all and run. So I could see that working. I'm not at the point where I'm going to plastic dip anything, but that would make sense. I think. I mean, you could. I've seen people thin out house paint and paint cars with it. I'm not going to do that. But oh, uh, okay. I'm not going to do that, but anyway, it just, it was, it was neat to pick up a spray gun and use it like a spray gun, like painting an actual car and paint the house wall. And it was like, 
you know, that, that all day labor of rollers and brushes and it just totally, totally transforms that whole project. So it's loosely car related because of the garage connection. So I figured I'd update. So it's kind of a car project. And also it's the reason I didn't work on any cars in the past week since we last recorded because I've been doing house stuff, which is, you know, this is none of this old house podcast, but Hey, there we go. It's one of those unfortunate realities of life. So anyway, yeah, no car updates here, Andrew. And for that, I apologize. I have failed the podcast. Hey, I went months without them. So that's true. That's true. Moving on to the wide world of sports, uh, NASCAR on dirt. Did you watch? I did watch. It was highly entertaining. I enjoyed it. Very much so. I don't care about the haters. I like it. Yep, 100%. I think that the people who hate it are people who should just stop and realize that they have 34 other paved ovals all year. So it's fine. It Maybe they should take Easter weekend off because that's probably a good weekend to take off. But other than that, it's a good event. Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's weird. There was no Xfinity race there. They did a truck race and no Xfinity race. Yeah, maybe the dirt couldn't handle strange. it. I don't know. Well, they, they had a truck, but no Xfinity. The, so. Yeah, maybe the dirt couldn't handle it. A, a third race. Oh, okay. I don't know. Race a truck. Because they did like heats to for qualifying. And then the, yep. the truck race was like a snore fest because it was just Logano up front. Yeah, I kind of I, I watched the truck race and I kind of decided I didn't care about first place and whoever finished second was who I really cared for. Yeah, because it's almost unfair. It's like if, if you think of the cup guys shouldn't be allowed Na- to race. Yeah, you think of NASCAR like like baseball. You'd have major leagues, you have minor leagues, and you have triple A. Right. So I feel like the trucks would be like triple A, and it would be like a major league slugger, like the former cup champ, the former you know. MVP player of the year going down and playing Tom Brady playing high school football, (laughs) maybe college, but yes, exactly. Just, just, just slamming kids like with passes in pop Warner. Just like, yeah, it seems, it seems a little unfair that the, the, you know, former champion of the cup series went down two levels to race a truck. I mean, I do get the reasoning for it. They want to get practice on dirt. For the big race. Yeah, because he was but, a, he's not a dirt guy, I guess. Apparently, he's not a dirt guy. But he obviously is a talented driver, and it was just, there was no contest. It was, he was just out front all day. I think he had a fast oh, truck, it was, too. It was like, maybe oh yeah, for sure. partially that. Like, I don't know. Also, he's a cup driver, so he has the most money for the best equipment. So, I mean, there were other cup drivers that participated, so it wasn't like he was alone, and they didn't do as good as he did. But it was still like it was a bit it was a bit much. So I, I was I was not upset to see him crash out of the cup event because I didn't want to see him take both. Yeah. And he did not. I was also not upset to see our least favorite um, driver get out of the cup event as well. And I'm not sure exactly what went down yet. Between him and Ryan Priest, yeah. So we're talking about Kyle um, Larson and Ryan Priest, 
and they had a dust up earlier in the event and Ryan Priest literally got the radio and said that he was going to take him out. <laughs> and then lo and behold, later on, he hit him and put him in the wall and he was like, I don't know what happened. His car got next to me and I got loose, which is pretty sus given the earlier statements, I think. Well, <laughs> Priest was like gesturing out the window. Also that. <laughs> did, did yes. You did you, were you watching when they are like, they're like, Tony, what's he saying? What do you think he's saying? <laughs> yeah. He was like, say hi to your mother for me or something like, like that. He's like, oh, he's thanking his mom for that nice card and she sent for Easter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not that's not what we saw. But so it's quite it's quite sus. But NASCAR has a rule that if they can't prove it was done on purpose, they can't punish you for it. So him saying he was going to do it and then it happening. But then him saying, oh, I don't know what happened. My car just got loose. Make gets him off scot-free, it seems. Which is also wild. But I watched the replay a bunch of times and it almost looks like Kyle may have also turned into him. There may yeah. have been a, a mutual turning into of uh, that turned into a, a crash that didn't take out Ryan Priest, but did take out Kyle Larson, which is wonderful. And uh, I mean, overall, the Fox coverage was garbage. It the, the entire season this year, the Fox coverage has been garbage. But I they missed know. like I, I get it, the spins happen fast, but like Th- I'm like, are you going to show a replay of it? Like side yeah, by side replay? Yeah. Nope. Just keep on going. Like, OK. Never sorry. There were a couple of neat, like full 360 yeah. spins. Yeah. Lost no positions. And a couple of them they described as announcers and didn't show. They're like, oh, car spinning. And it was like, just, it's like, okay, here we're on fifth and sixth place. Yeah. You're like, yeah. what? There was some really good racing, though. There was, there was really though. Side. It was a really good race. Um, I don't know how anybody could not have enjoyed watching it. I know it's different than normal. I and mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the traditional NASCAR fan is not uh, the most open-minded person and doesn't want to see something that they're not used to seeing. But I thought it was super entertaining. Lots of good competition. Uh, I wasn't upset to see Christopher Bell win the race. Um, you know, he, he is a dirt driver, but it was he, he put on a good show. You know, he did lead a lot of laps, but it also wasn't like a guarantee that he was going to win the race the whole time. So the cars move around. They get sideways. Yep, people are passing. Well, the it cool thing cool is race. too is that different different lanes of the track have different grip levels. So when you get the guy on the bottom of the track, you know, down by the apron, the car is, you know, it's like grip driving around the corner. It's maybe a little bit loose in the back, but not much at all. And the guys that are up near the top of the track are full on like D one Grand Prix drift event. Like the cars are full sideways, opposite lock to keep up with the guys that are grip driving in the bottom of the track. And it was super cool to see. Like, I don't know. It's just it's the strategy was more obviously visible. Well, the, I never the non-competitive pit stops were weird. I don't understand that. I never heard of the running the cushion. So the dirt part. Yeah. Yeah. So the cushion is where all of the loose dirt gathers at the top by the wall, and you're just like running. Right. So basically, the car neat. kind of s- stops moving towards yeah. the wall. Yeah, they were saying you could ride the cushion like confidently and keep yourself off the wall. But if you went too far and stepped over the cushion, then the car would immediately stop being sideways, straighten out and hit the wall. Yeah. Because you, basically what it is when you're riding on the cushion, you keep your two front wheels on the hard packed dirt and the rear wheels are in the cushion. 
And that's why they're sliding so much up there. But once you get those front wheels in the cushion, there's no more grip and you're going to slap the wall sideways, which happened quite a bit to a lot of good drivers too. Yeah. And then it was interesting to see more so than last year, the, the, the rubber buildup was really wide on the corners. Yeah. People were using more of the track. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like Bristol is notoriously a a crash fest. It's a tiny little track. It's a half mile oval. And with the dirt, there were times where they were four wide. You don't get four wide at Bristol and pavement. <laughs> like, and if you do, somebody's in the wall. So it was really cool to see the, the variety of things that were happening there. And another neat thing they did this year was last year they had a lot of trouble with dirt clogging the radiators. So they redesigned the way the grills worked to not clog with dirt. And they had a tearaway on the front that was Velcro. So you could tear it off and put a new Velcro one on if you needed to which also was kind of cool, I thought. But no, it was a cool race. I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I wish they'd do it twice a year, you know? But dirt somewhere else. I, I think they should go to an actual dirt, dirt, dirt track. super speedway. Yeah. No, I think they should go to an actual dirt track. Yeah, I think the only reason they haven't done that is because any actual dirt tracks don't have the capacity for a cup crowd. I don't care. That's um, my... That was my thing. We talked about this on a prior episode. They need to pick uh, a local track and just grace it with NASCAR's presence. And then just sure. like all the local patrons that always go, they get their tickets. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, and thinking about it, like what I just said, like they don't have the capacity or the stands. It probably would cost them less to build stands than just to bring dirt to Bristol. Bristol was barely full. Yeah. Um, but I think people are talking that's because it was on. Easter Sunday. It was Easter weekend. Yeah. I think that's the, that's, it's the first race this year. It didn't sell out. Yeah. I think that's because it was Easter Sunday. And again, we're talking it's about an Easter, traditional, so. traditional NASCAR fans that aren't open to change are also probably very, um, it, I mean, Easter. most people, even if you don't go to church every Sunday, you would probably go to church Easter Sunday. So even if you're a church going sure. person, like yeah, but a church Easter Sunday is not going to skip. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the big one. Anyway, yes, it is. It is the big one. It is the big one. So yeah, it was kind of a. It should just if it just shifted a weekend before, or after, or even people are saying even do it a little bit later if you're going to do it in Bristol because then it's less likely to rain. Right. Because I guess that was the rain. problem on Friday. It was raining a lot. <clears throat> yeah, it did rain last year too, and the year, and two years ago actually got rain delayed till Monday. Right. So it's been raining the past three years of it. So, but yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that Easter weekend used to always be an off weekend for NASCAR. I don't think they used to do racing on Easter. So no. it's strange. It is strange to me. So I do think it's also suspicious that, um, the guy's name, Cody, something Cody, where Cody, where they said he was absent from the weekend due to personal reasons. Yeah. That? And then personal reasons turned out to be he tried to kill somebody. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't know all the facts yet. Wasn't it rained on Monday or something? Yeah. Yeah. But not during the race. So, yeah, that's what you got to say. I guess. But he was arrested for felony assault. They're like, he had some personal stuff this weekend. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty personal. <laughs> so, but thankfully, NASCAR did the right thing now and they've suspended him indefinitely. He's not allowed back. So. 
that's a good thing. You definitely can't have uh, that kind of person participating in the event still. You know, of course, uh, remains to be seen. I guess it's uh, innocent until proven guilty, right? That's right. Sure. He's guilty. Anyway, moving on. Uh, more motorsports news. Uh, sad day today. Yeah. Actually happened either yesterday or today. I think it was actually happened this morning. Um, Craig Breen, team uh, Hyundai driver for WRC, was actually killed this morning in practice for Croatia. So that's uh, unfortunate news from the world of motorsport. He was pretty young. I think he was born in 1990. So what's that make him 33? He was 33. Yeah. He's... uh, I don't know. It's not common anymore to talk about a a rally car driver dying in in competition, but unfortunately, or dying in a rally car, I guess. But unfortunately, it did happen today. His co-driver was okay. Uh, they haven't really said anything that happened yet. I'm sure it's under investigation. But I guess he was practicing for Croatia and hit a tree on his side of the car and uh, did not survive. So. I'm sure there'll be a, a wait over the Croatia rally because that's this weekend or next weekend. So it'll be some memorial event to him, I'm sure, but super sad. Uh, he's driven for Ford in the past, Peugeot, Citroën. Like I said, he was driving for Hyundai Hyundai this past, most recently. So it's always a sad day when a race car driver dies in competition or practice or in a race car or, or at all. But it's even more sad when it's a Young up and comer, so sad days. I don't know how to come out of that, Andrew. This is, this is on you. What's next? Well, uh, on that note, yeah, let's let's lighten the mood well, a little bit. Andrew. There was buzz about. We'll continue talking about rally a little bit about rally Chattanooga. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, uh, these people want to bring. Uh, a WRC rally to the United States. Yes. There hasn't been one here since the eighties in Washington. 1989 State. Mount Olympus was the last WRC yeah. event in the United States. Uh, uh, I only just read that today. So I have that in my brain. I don't know much more beyond that, but I'll believe it when I'm standing stage side watching it. I guarantee you if it's there, I will be there. Um, I guess what's happening is they're talking about doing two, exhibition events in that area to see how it fares. I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean they're going to bring in WRC cars and people? Or does that mean they're going to run like a local rally through that area? I saw on social media ARA people doing testing there. Uh, Like the topper, you know, the higher level teams doing it. Okay. I don't know anything much about it. I haven't paid much. I don't. I was like, I'm not going to put much weight into this or pay much attention to it until it actually is actually is actually happening because I've been promised these things so many times. It's not worth my effort of looking into it. I'm actually surprised that we're seeing this before we see like a Formula One street race. What are you talking about? Um, They're doing it in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I was going to say I'm surprised because of the popularity of Formula One in this country because of that that TV show. Um, And 
WRC is still mostly unknown in this country. So, but you're right. There's, it is happening in Vegas and I forgot. So, never yeah. mind. so it's like record. at least two F1 races here. Well, US. yeah, I know I mean, we they're trying to bring more. Total. So, yeah. All right. Never mind. Brad's a big dummy who doesn't follow F1. This well, is I don't really small. either because it's. I don't All right, fine. I'm just a big dummy, cool, Andrew. But... It's fine. Um, anyway, no, I'm super into the thought of it happening. And again, like you said, I will not be booking trips until it's a little more in the uh, in the actual <clears throat> happening when when money has been spent and cars are here. That would be that would be excellent. You know what is happening? So, Prescott Rally. Finally. I'm, I'm also on the I believe that happens. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, well, listen, it's it's been said that it's going to happen, um, but nothing's possible until it's possible, right? Like it's still it's still early enough that things could happen. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be an issue. The people who are in charge of running it are pretty pretty solid on trying to get it to happen. Um, I, I was thinking about booking a flight volunteering. to come see it. <laughs> Hey, you should book a flight anyway, and if it doesn't happen, we'll figure it out. I know, I'll just normal. come hang out for the weekend. It doesn't matter. Well, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> the last time the event was supposed to happen was three years ago, or two years ago? Two or three years ago. And the day that it didn't happen, obviously it was known, you know, probably six months in advance that it wasn't happening. And then the day it was supposed to happen, a bunch of local rally community people got together and did a... Um, I won't call it high speed. We'll call it a, a cruise spirited drive, a spirited drive through the course. Yeah. Um, that's a, I don't know if you remember or not. I was on my way to it with our friend Josh in his Gallant VR four. And we ran into some mechanical problems. So we didn't make it as there, one does as one does. Yes. But uh, so I'm sure that if you're here and the event doesn't happen, we'll be uh, able to be invited along to the, the, uh, oh, I don't know what you call it. We call it when something's a constellation of the constellation event. So we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, I think it's going to happen this year. It's supposedly in September, October. I forget now. I thought it was the first week of, of October. Year. I think, I think you're right. I think it's October because there's a bunch of stuff happening in October, like three weekends in a row. I should probably double so, check before I book a plane ticket. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely the first week in October because the first week of October is that, and then there's the Japanese car event in Williams, and then there's Radwood. So those are three weekends in a row in October. So October is going to be wonderful, and I can't wait for it to be here. Is, you, that, Rad- is that Radwood announced? Yes. Yep. Really, I didn't see that. Yep, it's announced. It's on the page. The date is there. There's no location given. Huh. So. Interesting. I have some theories I, and some thoughts of where it's going to be um, based on the fact that Haggerty owns Redwood now. And every time that Haggerty, anytime there's an event here, Haggerty shares a booth space with Radford Racing School. So my assumption is that Radwood will be at Radford Racing School just based on that. So huh. that's just my educated guess. There's no official word there, but it would make sense because it's a big venue with a racetrack at it for... Yeah, I'm more interested in the uh, Williams show. I would like to try to get to that. Yeah, if you came out here and did a week, you could do, you could bookend it with the rally and the Williams show. So I'm pretty sure 
to the order of events because it's all three events in a row. I think it's Rally first, Williams, then Radwood, but it could be it could be Rally, Radwood, Williams. I'm not 100% positive. Let's double check. I'll see. But anyway, anybody who wants to come visit good old Brad here in Phoenix, October would be an excellent time to do it because there's tons of cool events to go to. So come on out and hang out. All right. Well, on that note, it is time for another edition of Craig Craig Don't Tell Me. Our yes, it is. We're going to try game. to do this a little bit more. Definitely not every week, but maybe once every other month or so. Yeah. Because uh, people seem to like it. I seem to like it. It's fun. I get to show off my Rain Man car knowledge, which is, I don't know if it's a show off or. Ugh, I don't way. know. I get, to, I get to use it. I get to use it for good. Yeah. It's not showing off. It's embarrassing, actually. Let's not play the game, Andrew. Okay. Come out. All right. You want to start? Yeah, I got one. All right. I'll give you one to warm up because I. So basically, the problem I was having picking these, people are not writing long descriptions anymore. These people are getting lazy. They're ruining our game. Okay. Um, At least they're using Craigslist again. There's a lot of cool stuff on Craigslist. The descriptions are not great for the game, but there's a lot of cool stuff on Craigslist that I am putting aside for let's plug it parked on the block. Yes, for sure. (laughs) If you have not followed parked on the block yet, please go there because we're putting some heavy effort into that and we want to grow it and grow it and grow it. So, all right, please, uh, please join, send us listings, comment. I think it's one of the biggest things we're trying to get is like, you know, a commenter base going there and kind of give people a reason to come back. So anyway, moving on. All right. I think you might get this one. Perfect. I know eventually you'll get it, but let's see. Super rare long bed, all wheel drive, five speed. This blank has the one year Chevy V6, which runs great. It's a Jeep Comanche. Yeah. There you go. Oh. Too easy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the year. <laughs> uh, the year is 80. 80- 85 or 87 86 ah damn it I was reading all right I didn't think it was 86 I thought it was 87 because those came with a what Renault f- four-cylinder yeah a AMC six-cylinder oh my god or the GMV6 one time what's like that a four three that's the one you have is the four three the one that you, you're bringing up there the one you're yeah. on the GMV6 so like a four three so the four three v6 Yes. So it's like an S10, but a Jeep. Yes. So 86 makes sense because Chrysler bought AMC in 1987 or or late 86. So AMC made a deal with GM to put GM V6s in their Jeeps that one year. And then Chrysler bought them and was like, hell no, we're not selling something with a GM V6 in it. And they got rid of it and went back to the inline six. Weird. So yeah. weird. Yep. If you remember, my Comanche had an inline six. So, and mine was also a long bed four wheel drive. Super rare. Big, big ton. I think they called it. But this one's pretty clean from Florida. It's got no rust on it. It's for sale for my lot. Yeah. Uh, if I grand. were to buy a four by four pickup, um, 
other than Mighty Max, like Comanche is up there. I had one for a little while and I got rid of it to get the ill-fated Gallant VR4. So it was, uh, maybe you should have held on to it. Hmm. Anyway. All right, you ready for one? Yeah, give me one. All right. Uh, very few cars embody the spirit of uniqueness, as does the blank. It's in the looks, the name, the versatility, the capability, and the overall feeling behind the wheel of this beefcake. <laughs> the shining paint is set off by a massive lift, oversized bull bar, and shining centerline wheels. On the inside, its unique upholstery gives a distinctive and classic feel. This particular unit is impressive in stature, runs and drives down the road quite nicely for a vehicle with its modifications, and is ready to take you north, south, east, west, and everywhere in between. Specs are 113,000 miles or 182,000 kilometers, 2.5 liter turbo diesel engine, automatic transmission, four-wheel drive with high and low ranges with automatic locking hubs, white paint color code W09, chrome front bull bar, factory option fog lamps, chrome sidestep and chrome rear bumper, chrome rear ladder, Momo course grain steering wheel, power steering, air conditioning, dual zone AC and heat, dual 12 volt batteries, front and rear mirrors, power door locks, power windows, defrost, clock, bucket seats, center seats are a bench with a folding jump seat, folding rear bench folds flat for additional storage or could fold flat to be turned into a sleeping platform. Seats eight. Um, rain guards, wind deflectors, tinted rear windows, oversized fender flares, sliding door extender, must close door with two hands, original bottle jack and toolkit. Everything else is upgrades, it looks like. It's a... Is it a high ace van? Four drive? It is not. Okay. It's a Delica? It is a Delica, yes. That's, that's what I should have went with. That was my gut. Yeah, I left out stuff. I said 2.5 liter turbo diesel. I left out the 4D56 because that would have made it very easy. And when yeah. I said it's white paint, color code W09, it's yeah. a summit white paint. And that also yeah. would have that away. This is a very cool van. Um, in the current van market, it seems like a good price, too. For a van of its design, it's got like a four or five inch lift and big old fender flares. Um, and it's 17 grand. It's it's super cool. Um, I'm pretty into it. So I'm going to set it to you so you can look at it and uh, the listeners can just uh, picture a big white lifted Delica van. All right. So you started with an easy one. I started with an easy one. Now let's get each other here. Okay. 345 auto, three quarter ton, eight lug Dana, runs and drives, good, 95% rust free. Nice Dodge patina, Ram original position. What? Dodge Ram W200. Nope. 345 at the engine size? Yep. 
And that's the only equation we got. It's a 345 auto, three quarter ton, eight lug Dana. Uh, yeah, the Dana makes me think that it's Chrysler. I don't know. 345, I think it's also Chrysler. Or it could be a weird truck. Like, maybe it's not a Chrysler. That could be a weird, like. Okay, so it's a early 70s uh, international pickup truck. <laughs> yes. It's a 73 1210, I think it's the model. Okay. I, I didn't want to say 1210. Huh? I don't know the model names, the internationals. I thought they just called them pickup truck, but they probably had like numerical designations. Yeah, this one's a 1210. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's green. Three, I think 345 is the is the actual international V8. Yeah, it's got some cool patina. It's dark green with the white stripe in the middle. So green, yeah, white, cool. green. Um, doesn't look too rusty. Yeah, I'm into that. I they are really they have a really classic look. They just are like they lack design, and by lacking design, they look cool. Yeah, it's like if you asked a kid to draw a truck. Yeah, this yeah. is what they draw. It's very you. simple. The, the the like late sixties Dodges have the same kind of like no design, but because of that, it's cool. So, mm-hmm. all right. Sorry, Andrew. That was not terribly hard either. I'm embarrassed I put Dodge first because 345, I don't think, was a Dodge engine. But I thought there was there was a similar number to that that would have been a power wagon. But I don't know what the number is. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. This is a blank, 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 blank. Clean Carfax. Amazing find. This blank is finished in metallic gray with factory alloy wheels. Tan cloth seats are clean and in very good condition. Considering this classics age, it is in very good condition. Recently serviced and starts up every time reliably. The reliable fuel injected 2.3 liter and four speed manual are amazing combination and will run for years. We don't see these often. So come on by and check it out today. 2.3 2.3 liter, single overhead cam, eight valve, inline four. Mileage, unknown. Fuel, gasoline. Transmission, it says automatic, but the description said four speed. Uh, it is a four speed. Um, drivetrain, big clue, rear wheel drive. That's your info. Wow. Um, 2.3 liter, four-cylinder, four-speed, rear-wheel drive, single overhead cam. It's a big big four-cylinder. Yep. 2.3 liter. Four-speed. Hmm. um, Let's see. Is it... Man, what what would have a two point three four speed? Would it be? And it did you say it was fuel injected? Uh, I did. Yes. Wow. It's fuel injected, but has a four speed. Four speed. 
Is it a Toyota Starlet? It is not a Toyota Starlet. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, every American Starlet was carbureted with, I think, a 4AC engine or a 3AC or something like that. Okay. They were all okay. carbureted, though. I, I, so it's a rear-wheel drive, small hatchback, I'm thinking. But it's, um, I'll give you the first clue. It is not a hatchback. Oh, really? But it's fuel-injected four-speed. Dark gray over tan cloth. Not that that matters. Just throwing conversation out there. Dark gray over tan cloth. Dark gray over tan cloth. Um, is it a... Could you get a like a four-eyed fox body with a two-three and a four-speed and fuel injection? Um, I don't. It's it's not that. Huh. I know you could get a two-three. I know you could get a carbureted. I'm not clear on a four-speed. That so that would probably be a pretty good guess. I don't think I don't think there's a fuel injected version of that. With the no, so it's not a is a, it's not a Lima engine. Um. Okay, it is not a hatchback, and it is not a two-three Ford engine. Oh, weird! I'm gonna put like another minute and a half on the clock here. All right, all right. Uh, is it Japanese? Ooh, we're just going, we're just going full on, uh, full on. Uh, well, let me. I'm just gonna, yeah. Uh, it like, is yes. not Japanese. Okay, no. All right. Um. All right, I'm thinking two-three. Fuel injected. Is it a? I guess is it a Volvo one four two? Um, it is not a Volvo one four two. Interesting. I don't think it would be a Volvo two forty either. Why is that, sir? Because I thought they all had five speeds, but there were fours with electric overdrive. Ah, uh, see, uh, I'm. I think I'll give it to you because you just backed into it. Okay. Um, I was gonna be like, you're gonna be so mad. My last clue was gonna be like, you're gonna be super mad because you used to own this car. Um, yes, it is a 1985 Volvo 240 GL sedan manual. Yeah. See, it's like my mind went there because I'm like, if it's a two three, but it's fuel injected, I'm like, that has to be European because nobody else was really doing that, other than Ford, which you got to, which is good, but it was wrong. All right. Oh, yes. Uh, it is a 1985 Volvo 240 GL sedan manual, four-speed with electronic overdrive, which is a switch on the shifter. Um, it is available here in Phoenix. Um, and if I were in a happy job situation, I'd probably be calling this dealership tomorrow because it's 2900 bucks. Whoa. And it's other than having bad paint. It's a super clean interior and super clean underhood. Um, and it's obviously a Phoenix car, so it's super clean in general. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll also send you this one because it's super nice and I love it. If it was a two door, I'd be telling you to send me three grand and I'll go buy it tomorrow. But it's yeah. Not. So, yep, I dig it. It's uh, the factory alloys. It's 85, so it has the quad rectangle headlights. All right. Is good car. 
All right. Well, I'm glad you got it because you used to own one. Yours is an automatic, but it was also a 2.3 liter fuel injected rear wheel drive sedan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that should be a good dead giveaway. But sometimes their brain just doesn't go there, I guess. That's one that I bet there were some people who I know that listened were going, God damn it, Andrew, it's a Volvo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's when you hear stuff out of context, it is hard. It does. So it makes it, it sometimes. difficult. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, maybe this one's like kind of obscure, but I don't know. We'll go for it. It's, uh, best I can do is factory headers, electric overdrive. Purchased in 92, owned for 30 years, paired frame and floors in 92, paired other rust with new metal door skins, replacement eyebrows, quotations around headlamps, uh, painted original carnival red color code 39. Let's see. Uh, switched wire wheels to mini lights. Oh, okay. Replaced seats and interior. Uh, by Her Majesty's Service, formerly in Swansea. Rebuilt radiator by Brit Bits and Rye. Okay. Fun cars always start, run strong. Eyebrows. Uh, needs cosmetic refresh. What car has eyebrows? Garage kept, always driven, never driven in winter or the rain. Factory headers? Mm hmm. That's a weird. It's obviously British, mm-hmm. based on who worked on it. Mm-hmm. It's obviously red, based on mm-hmm. you saying it is. Um, did you say what transmission it was or not? Doesn't matter. Uh, it's four speed. Yeah, it's up to go overdrive. It's four speed. Uh, eyebrows, though. Eyebrows. My brain thought of something when you first said it, but I can't quite get there to what it is. I've heard that term on something car related before repaired frame and floors so it's still british yeah it had wires Mm -hmm. so that takes out a lot of cars um does a b have eyebrows i mean it has a little pocket around the lights i don't think i'll have eyebrows but that would be a factory car factory wires wouldn't have factory headers though, unless that's a misinformation. There's no engine picture, so I don't even know what engine is in this. I assume it's a four cylinder. It's got to be earlier if it does have factory headers because it's not pre cat car. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say it's a B, I'm going to say it's an MGA. Eyebrows is getting me. I should have thought of that before I said MGA. Oh, eyebrows alludes to something over the headlights. And. Uh, is this a four cylinder car? It is. Eyebrows. Yep. Making me angry. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. <laughs> well, I first thought of something like a pop-up headlight car at first, because that's like a 
an eyebrow would be something I would think that would be called that, but it's not obviously that. Um, but it's going to predate that. If it has, I can't think of anything that would have had um, wire wheels along with pop-up headlights. No. <laughs> Except like a modified Miata. So it's not going to be that. And then Carnival Red is not a color that I know from any brand. Um, I never heard that color. I mean, I mean, I've heard maybe Carnival Red as a color, but I don't, I can't, I don't, it doesn't like, it's not like if I had said, you know, the white color from Mitsubishi, it'd have been like, oh yeah, absolutely, it's Mitsubishi. But I don't know. Hmm. British with wires. What are other British sports cars? I am working on it. Eyebrows. 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 You kidding me? Well, I can think of a car that would have had wires and hideaway headlights. It would have been a Lotus Elan, but it's not a Lotus Elan. No, it's not. Um, but that's a car with wire wheels and hideaway headlights. Okay. My brain just got there. That's unimportant right now. Um, could still be a Lotus. No, it's got wires. No, not a Lotus. Would have had wires. Uh, I guess it could be a Triumph as well, but not not a Triumph. I don't think anything Triumph. And I would have eyebrows. Man, I'm gonna be so mad when I find this out too. Because that word eyebrows, it's bothered me because I know what it is and I can't put it there. Urgh. Uh it could be a TBR, but it's a four cylinder, so it's not a TBR. Uh, where does sports cars? I don't want to give up. Um, is it convertible? Yes. Is a convertible? It has really. It's not a Jaguar. No, it has a really cringy interior. With black. It's black with red piping. It's not. It doesn't work for me. On a red car. It's too like '90s hot rod. So piping, I go to like a TR3 era. So like a late 50s into early 60s kind of car. Although it's modified, obviously it doesn't matter. It's not an MGA. Not... I said MGB originally, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Is it MGB? Is it a B? No. I mean, you'll be so smart when you get it. <sighs> I'm sure that was a clue and I don't understand it. <laughs> Because it's not a smart car. <laughs> um, You're gonna be so mad. I'm already mad because this eyebrow thing is getting me. I, I, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, there's a car that I know that you replace eyebrows, and I can't get there, and it's frustrating me. I mean, 911s have a similar thing around the headlights. And that's when you first said eyebrows. My brain went with 911. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's a body color piece around the headlights. Oh, man. Um, I don't. Uh, this is going to be a failure for me, I think. Uh, I mean, I had to pick a hard one. It didn't have a lot of information. No, that's part of the problem, too. I don't know what size engine it is, although it's probably yeah. a British Motor Corporation engine. It probably doesn't matter. Probably the same engine that came in a Triumph and an MG. Yeah, it's all the same. I don't know whatever that corporate four cylinder was. And for some reason, tractors and tanks. I can't and... even think of another British sports car brand other than TVR. But I can't think of a TVR that would have had wires and a four cylinder. Most of them are six cylinders. 
So, or V8s. But uh, I'm going to be mad. All right. Anytime. Give me one more clue. Let's see. Um, uh, okay. It's. Hmm. How can I. How can I give you a clue for this without giving it all the way away? Is it like an off brand? They don't make a lot of cars. They only made a couple of cars. It would be a sports car only brand. It's not Lotus though. It's not Lotus. I mean, there's other, there's other British sports cars. So many like little companies like, TVR, etc. Yeah, I mean, it's a real narrow thing to walk in the daylight to figure it out. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, it's a plank GT. No. Um, okay. I think you have to call right, it I'm, here. I'm going to call it. Uh, all right. It is a 1961 Sunbeam. Oh, Alpine it. Series 2. Yep. So I said you would be smart to get it. Yeah, get smart. I got you. I'm, I'm not mad because that's pretty <laughs> obscure. It is. And I didn't have much information. No. Um, not much at all. If anybody got that, uh, let us know, I guess. I mean, we don't know if you're lying, but I, I don't yeah, think Yeah, I guess would. It's, on, it's on our loyalty, <laughs> our, our, on, our, on your honor. Um, yeah, man, that's a rough one. Because, I mean, he could have been like the four-cylinder version of the car. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot. No, not without totally giving it away. Yeah. Because a Series 2, I think, would have given it away. Maybe Although not. Maybe that's how they just call British cars. They're like series. Yeah, because uh, there were all kinds of cars that had series. I wouldn't have given it away. Oh, it's funny. Right. right before you said it out loud, I said AC Ace, uh, which is kind of the same formula. It's the four-cylinder yep. version of the Cobra. That's the four-cylinder version of the the Tiger V8 powered Tiger. So, but that was that's 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 a bummer, man. I'm I'm mad that I didn't get it, but also that was a tough one. But the first get smart car was the sunbeam i don't think it was a tiger right it was just a regular sun sunbeam no it was a tiger oh it was okay. but the first get smart car was actually a volkswagen carmen Ghia. oh right. no, sorry the first one was a ferrari in the in the pilot in the, in the pilot then it switched to a carmen Ghia, and then it went to the tiger all right so more dumb knowledge that i had <laughs> all right let me give you one more all right because i have one more good one all right this is a blank, blank, blank with alarm system, sunroof, and 91,150 original miles. Third owner, purchased in 2006 with 48,000 miles. Clear title, five-speed manual, rear-wheel drive. 
current tags with emissions, does not leak fluids or smoke, car runs and handles amazing no joy rides. Brand new tires, Anki racing wheels, 15-inch front, 16-inch rear. Hmm. We'll include another identical set if interested, so I guess you could do 415s or 416s, which you should. Silk Road fully adjustable coilovers. Full exhaust system with header and Bonez catalytic converter. Limited slip differential, fluid ion radiator, Cusco strut bars, Cusco underbody chassis armbar, adjustable camber rod, K&N filter, autometer gauges, lightweight aluminum hood and light lids, rolled fenders, Eurospec lights and turn signals, runs like new, does not leak fluids or smoke, every 3,000 miles or six months, oil change with Castrol 2050, Redline MTL or MT90 in the differential and transmission changed every two years. NGK plugs, pressed on coolant, paint is factory, no AC, AC was never used, so removed. Water temps always remain low, nothing else is about the car. Oh, those are fake bullet hole stickers in the rear, they peel off. P-E-A-L, off. Um, so, okay. Big things, aluminum hood and light lids. Yeah. Rolled fenders, uh, Euro spec lights and turn signals. Second gen RX7. Oh, that was good. Good call. Yeah. I'm impressed. First try. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. I don't. I don't know how. Like sometimes, like I'm just like sitting here. You're like painting the picture of this car in my head. Sure. And that's what comes that's just what that's what comes to me. That's what yeah, I should have done with the right. Delica one. That's what came to me first, but I was like, no, that's too obvious that we would go yeah. to the Mitsubishi. It well, was a I, trick. I said, I said an easy one first, so it was an easy one. Yeah. No, this is uh interesting. Um it's weird that it has staggered size wheels. Doesn't really I would think car. width, not diameter. Yeah. It's a uh, it looks kind of weird. Uh, it's a white FC coupe uh, in pretty clean condition, but the paint is peeling in a few places. It has fake bullet holes where the paint is peeling, I guess, for effect. Um, but it's kind of a neat car, but it's a nationally aspirated car, and they want $14,900. Whoa! Yeah, it seems, seems strong. Yeah. So, But yeah, the, the couple things I skipped over, so I was talking about the Camber rod, it's a Mazda Trix. And the limited differential is an S4. Limited I think the Silk Mazda. Road coilovers is what got me. See, I don't, I wouldn't have known that. I just, I would have thought Japanese. Yeah, and that's. I would have thought it was neat that it had Eurospec lights and turn signals. So I was like, oh, that might throw them for a loop because it's Eurospec. But anyway. Yeah, it's strange. It's a, it's a, it's a 1990. And so it's not an S4, but it's got some S4 parts and he wants S4 money. So. I want one of these pretty badly. Like I have one, the convertible, but I want a coupe. It's like a daily. They don't exist. They're expensive. They're getting expensive. Yeah, they don't exist here either. Like first gen RX7s are everywhere. These don't exist. So, yeah, I don't know why they just they didn't sell that well. Or I think they were too complicated for the third owner. That's probably kind of what happened. Most of them got junked in the 
early 2000s. Whereas like our first gen RX-7 is still pretty simple. simple. Most people yeah. kept them running. Yeah. Or they didn't get driven. They were like put away sports cars for the summer only. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were still, I guess, thought of as not refined enough for a daily. Whereas the second gen was just used as a, as a car. So I, I would like to re- to replace the Eclipse with one of these kind of a, a not everyday daily, but my use my, my regular used car, and uh, they just don't exist. So anyway, anyway, Andrew, I think that's uh, that's gonna do us tonight. I think it's an episode. Sure is. I will hang my head in defeat and uh, go dump out this coffee and drink myself to sleep for getting it wrong. Yeah. So all right, go follow us on uh, Instagram. Out of topic. Uh, you follow me on Instagram, Erase and Anger. Go follow our uh, Scale Autocast and Parked on the Block on Instagram. And I'm also on Twitter at Race and Anger. We have Auto Off Topic on Twitter and Parked on the Block without the K. Uh, also, just go cruise parkedontheblock.com when you have some time and sign up for emails because there's always posts yep. going up. So, Yep. Make comments. Submit us cars to write about. Um, there's a few of us writing articles and, uh, we appreciate the, uh, the, the input and the feedback, um, negative or negative or positive. doesn't matter. Give us the feedback and we'll, uh, either listen to it or ignore it completely. But the only way to find out is to send it to us. So come join our discord. Yep. There's no, um, sensitive documents being shared there. No, none of us are going to jail for anything there. Uh, oh, real quick. You find a lot of the parked in the block cars there though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I give people credit mm-hmm. and, um, 100%. I do have a couple of pedantic corrections. Okay. Go, uh, from my dad, he was saying that there is ways to test that coil. Yes. In the crest. I just wasn't aware of it because I don't normally deal with coils. So we'll have to go back and have, we can test the coil. I don't, I know how to test the coil. I've tested the coil and the coil is good. It's testing right. the ignition module is the issue. But he said there was a way to get it to spark, to throw a spark for you. Through the module? All no. right. I, I have to call him anyway. I was talking to him the other day. Um, he's. Uh, I need to give him a phone call and chat about rebuilding small block forwards and apparently spark on Toyotas. So. He said there was a way to get just the coil to throw a spark for you to make sure it was working. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he could with some kind of exciter wire and, you know, power through the power probe or something somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I, this way you, so the way I know to test the coil, which I've done is to, you know, to ohm it out and make sure that it's got proper continuity across the terminals, which I've done. Um, but anyway, if there's a way to make it work, I'm going to make it work. So I haven't even thought about that car, honestly. It's frustrating to me. Just I had to like just kind of put the cover on it and just kind of go away for a little bit because of how frustrated I was. So I'll get back to that next week or so. So got some more projects to do. Anyway, had that. Yeah. Uh, that. Go there. Discord. Yes. Where can they find you? Uh, you any more pandemic corrections? Oh, apparently that? the the dirt rally. I I said Group A cars, but it's actually like Group B rear wheel drive cars. I picked for this final race oh, that we're having i was all excited to run group a cars um <laughs> well, i think the next one i'll do group a for like a bunch please, of different rallies please it's so much better <laughs> i'm actually okay in those um 
Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. I share at most of the things that you shared as well. And uh, that's it. That's where you can find me. All right. As always, keep your guys analog and name the roses.